The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're in episode number 1,552, and we're continuing our coverage of Star Wars Resistance with information from the press junkets. So far, there's already been a press event, and there are starting to be a few stories popping up online about interviews with the cast and crew and new things that we're learning about the series and the characters and whatnot. But I have to start off with a couple of things, a couple of housekeeping items that have to do with previous episodes. First of all, I have to say that in the Department of Amendments, we have to amend our information on the famous voice actors that are appearing in Star Wars Resistance. One name I left out was Donald Faison, or Faison? Faison? Uh, here we go with pronunciation, who you probably know best as Turk on Scrubs. He is playing a character a character called Hype Faison, F-A-Z-O-N, compared to his F-A-I-S-O-N, so it should be easy enough to remember. And this character is a Rodian who is also a pilot and who claims to be the fastest pilot in the galaxy, yeah, you know, <laughs> remains to be seen, although Faison says, you know, I'm not bragging or anything, I'm just stating a fact on behalf of his character. And we will first see Hype, at least as far as we know so far, in the fifth episode, which is the High Tower. So he may show up sooner for all we know, but as of this moment, we only know about him appearing in that one particular episode. As for the Department of Corrections, well, the whole thing about Adam Dreyer not coming to, you know, do the voice of Kylo Ren on the show, well, I've seen a couple of places suggesting that he is going to be part of the cast. I haven't seen it officially announced yet. I've been looking for it. I mean, they've announced Oscar Isaac, they've announced Gwendolyn Christie, they've announced Donald Faison, they've announced Elijah Wood. I mean, you know, what are they waiting for if they're gonna announce Adam Driver? They might as well just do it, right? But, yeah, I don't know, like, one story I saw said that, you know, Adam Driver will play Kylon Ren, like, rhymes with Cylon, Kylon Ren. I mean, it's just a typo, but, I mean, you know, that doesn't exactly inspire confidence in the reporting to some degree, so... Anyway, it remains to be seen, although I have had some Star Wars 7x7 fans point out to me that Adam Driver has done voiceover work in the past, and, you know, we can't take it out of consideration his appearances on Saturday Night Live so it certainly shows that you know even though he's a very serious actor that he has a seriously funny side too and so yeah jury's still out on it and just maybe it's a little bit more likely a possibility than we initially thought but you know still remains to be seen whether he will actually appear. Now, one of the new bits of information that we have about Resistance is that the planet it takes place on, or at least the planet that things start on, is called Castellon, C-A-S-T-I-L-O-N, and that's where the Colossus fueling rig is. It's in the middle of nowhere on Castellon. And Castellon has been described as an outer rim planet, but beyond that, we don't know anything much about its location at all. You, if you think about it, you know, there have been galactic maps that show the layout of the Outer Rim 
And yes, I know the galaxy isn't two-dimensional, but it's only depicted in two dimensions when we see the galactic maps and say the uh, visual dictionaries and whatnot. But if you're looking down at the galaxy from above for, you know, the Z axis, if you will, then um, it's, it's interesting to consider the possibility that Castellan could be closer towards, say, Endor and Bespin and Hoth than maybe, say, the Cantonica side of the Outer Rim. So, yeah, again, looking from the top down, Endor and Bespin and Hoth are more toward the, uh, the bottom center or the bottom left in Endor's case, and Cantonica is way up in the upper right-hand corner of the Outer Rim territories. It seems to make sense, in a way, that this uh, Castellan planet would be closer to the Endors and the Jakus of the world than it would necessarily be of the Cantonicas of the world of the galaxy because there's a First Order spy in this refueling station and man if it was all the way around the other side of the galaxy from the unknown regions where this spy was operating well you know, that's pretty tough to work with. You would think that they would be kind of just inching along, inching along, but, you know, then again, we are official that it is six months before The Force Awakens, so maybe, you know, it matters that it's that particularly <laughs> close or not so close. Just, you know, there's got to be a reasoning for it, I think. And so, you know, I'm leaning toward being closer to the Unknown Region, but still remains to be seen. Still have to see it on a map. They did not sneak it in the galactic map in Solo, A Star Wars Story, the official guide from DK Publishing, like they snuck Savarine in in The Last Jedi Visual Dictionary. So, something that remains to be seen. And really quickly, that whole thing about it being set six months before The Force Awakens, that has to do with catering to the audience to a large degree, which is intended to be a younger audience. I mean, we've been warned multiple times <laughs> to expect exactly that. And the idea being that younger kids seeing Poe and BB-8 might not necessarily grasp the idea that the story could take place, you know, four or five years prior to the events of The Force Awakens. I mean... I don't know if that's exactly right. I mean, Rebels took place, you know, starting off four or five years before the events of A New Hope. But then again, you know, maybe they didn't have as recent a tie to the original trilogy, the intended uh, audience for the show. And so maybe it didn't matter as much. Be that as it may, the purpose of it is intentional so that the show can overlap. And so it seems like we're already being told by the crew that there's a very good chance that it will not only proceed up to the point where The Force Awakens happens, but that in future episodes, probably future seasons, I would guess, that we will proceed past The Force Awakens and past The Last Jedi. I guess what really remains to be seen is if we're going to proceed past it during this first season or, say, in the beginning of the second season, which would happen prior to the release of Episode 9 in December of 2019. And that's where we're going to call it a day on this episode. Thank you so much for joining me for it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And hey, hope you'll consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash SW7X72. That's also not, <laughs> not part of the web address. Anyway, thank you again for joining me for this episode. And as always, may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.